Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show. Today is February 26, 2022. It is 8.59 a.m. Central Time. Let's hop into this uh, market check right quick. Um, you know, obviously, we've had a lot of, lot of things happening this week here um, outside of the United States. Um, let's do a quick, uh, quick S&P check here the last week. Obviously, we had that... Uh, a big drop off as Russia goes to invade Ukraine, um, and then a quick recovery here, as we can see. Um, I think this was what day was it? What what was the actual date that that happened? Do you know? Um, I don't know what the, it must have been. It must have been the twenty third to the twenty fourth. Um, that's where that big drop off was, and then you have that quick recovery. Uh, you know, yet in yesterday, um, the day after Russia fully legalized. Uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. That's wild, right? Uh, the VIX here. I don't know if you're familiar with the VIX, but this is like the the volatility or the fear index, and you see that huge spike, um, and then it falls back down as as prices come back in the S and P. Looking pretty similar here with the Dow Jones as well, and uh, looks to be the same with with Bitcoin actually coming back a little bit higher. Um, yeah, yeah. It looks like the S and P is right about right about the same as uh, where it was last week. So what are your thoughts here, Griff? I think of all the weeks that we've, since we've started this podcast, one Bitcoin means one Bitcoin more than, more than it usually does today, just because of everything that's going on. <clears throat> A lot of countries now are showing you that your money and your bank account's not safe, literally, especially if it's just on a screen, it's not yours. Um, with Russia, obviously going to war with Ukraine for whatever reason it is, economically speaking, it's going to have an impact. So 100%. we could, you can talk about, you know, whatever you want. I mean, we're here to probably just try to talk about the economics of it and maybe how it will affect our Bitcoin and like how Bitcoin either helps or hurts it. But, uh, you know, today, like one Bitcoin means one Bitcoin more than it normally does, because I mean, it, whether it's the Canadians who, you know, if your opinions don't lie or your uh, faith doesn't lie with, with the government, then you can't have money. Uh, in Ukraine, they have bank runs going on, obviously, like there's a war going on, Russia's, Russia's economy sank. And what happens when your economy sinks because your leaders decide to do something that you otherwise probably wouldn't choose to do you know your personal wealth shouldn't die because of that and one bitcoin being one bitcoin really means that that wouldn't happen so did you see um so obviously we've had over the past couple of weeks we've had uh, all this happening in canada um where you know people were sending money through gofundme and i think there was a couple other platforms as well and i, I know that there's one other major one that i'm forgetting but um but they, they started, what was that and they cut it off, yeah. Cut it off, hundred percent. They they cut it off. They freezed it. And they said, "No, we can't do that." And so people started sending Bitcoin, right? Um, now there is an issue. We'll have to talk about because you know, as long as you send Bitcoin and Bitcoin is used within the Bitcoin network, it's all good, right? But if people try to take it out um, and, and trans, uh, um, exchange it into their currency, whether it's U.S. dollars or Canadian dollars or Euro or Yen or whatever. Um, they have to go through some exchange in order to do that. 
Um, and that's where that's where things seem to get a little sticky, right? With regulation well, is because the government can regulate those people. The government <clears throat> can get to them because based on how they want to tax Bitcoin, they can get to that money, right? Because if they exchange it, all of a sudden they're selling it. And therefore, if they're selling a digital asset, you know, they're well, they going to just say, hey, you can't exchange Bitcoin for our currency. You, they can just do that too. I mean, that's what, we, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's where yeah. you're going to issue now. So another piece, so, so what that's going to happen. I mean, it could like, that's, that's what, that's what you're seeing in Canada. That's what they're doing in Canada right now. No, I haven't seen that in Canada. If you have, if you convert Bitcoin to cash through an exchange or Bitcoin to CAD, is that what it's called up there? Whatever, CAD, their currency. Yeah. You can't exchange CAD for a Wendy's burger. No, no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, uh, they, they're, they're disallowing people to receive Bitcoin because they, they got, they've got like all the wallets and stuff, the wallet addresses, and they're, and they're limiting exchanges ability to exchange bitcoin oh, exchange ability to uh to whatever the currency is and that's and that's where you run into an issue because you know if i send you bitcoin and you use bitcoin um you know and it's kind of funny because a lot of people are you know at this point we don't quite have the infrastructure to just use bitcoin within the bitcoin network we have to for a lot of things we have to we have to exchange bitcoin for dollars to go out and do everything else but now of course you can get online and you can use certain services to buy gift cards you can buy you know preloaded we're getting closer though i think we're getting closer don't you i mean i i I know the lightning network is growing so fast and people don't you know it's gonna the lightning network is gonna be like tcp ip more than bitcoin will be like tcp ip in the sense that the lightning network and 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 for those (laughs) you know that's the protocol that the internet runs on and it hasn't changed but, since it started. Or the Lightning Network is, I believe, a protocol that operates interoperatively with the Bitcoin network. It's accepted by the Bitcoin miners in the network so that, you know, you can run transactions, 10 million transactions a second for nothing. But on top of that, you can build like decentralized apps using the Lightning Network. <clears throat> and so businesses can use a node. So all they need is a node, a Lightning node. Um, and a lightning wallet and if a customer comes in boom exchange your money and you can send that to your bitcoin base layer for nothing through the lightning network so there's no fees so yeah think about how much money that saves those guys uh small business owners get umbral i think is a company um that is doing a really good job if you know twitter serves me correctly i watch how many people they're trying to get involved with the network and their lightning nodes and once that happens you know i think a lot of this stuff that's happening is people realize exchanges can't really be trusted, you know, and the, and honestly, you know, when war happens, the, I would argue the crypto market is more susceptible to going to zero than Bitcoin is. Bitcoin is necessary. You know, we're, we're talking about taking Russia off the SWIFT system. We're talking about um, companies designing crypto NFT walls. Like, do you really want uh, Russia to have an altcoin of their own that the oligarchs are basically have control of or 77, you know, it's, it's like feudalism um, without being able to see who's in charge, you know, at least like thousands of years ago, you know, the plebs could see who the king was. So if things really went out of balance, they'd go chop his head off or something. But with like things like Ethereum, you would never know who the rulers are. So I think people, I, I think this, 
these times are speeding up maybe not the price of bitcoin as much as we'd like it to right now or the purchasing power of bitcoin right now because you know the usability the purchasing power of bitcoin in my opinion is more correlated to the network itself than the actual price of it for us dollars because if the network was big enough we probably would already like you know some people would be dumb enough to like give up their bitcoin right now now and don't get me wrong i mean like there isn't there a world where bitcoin is just money because really if you if you use it as a store of value yes like that's great you know save your money i mean you can save your bitcoin you know that's just good financial practice but the lightning network and how interoperable it is with just like saving these businesses money on xyz costs um distant like going right after some of like the oldest parts of business in america um I don't know. I just feel like Bitcoin could turn into like just money. It's just money. And so then how do you tax it? You don't. It's it's just the money everybody uses. Um, and that obviously probably would spike the price to quite something. Um, but why not? I, I mean, like, I really don't see why not. I think that's what people are realizing. You know, if you're a small business in Canada today on either side, doesn't matter what you think, do you really want to have to report all of everything you make to this government do you really want to trust them with you know like what do you trust them to do help you in times of of hardship or are they just going to throw you under the bus and help the big guys in canada speaking their covid relief funds actually all went to big businesses in a report that i read this week Mm. so it's interesting that i just think it's speeding up people's uh, realization that we're moving towards a society where people are trying to take back their sovereignty worldwide yeah yeah and so it's interesting uh going back to you know canada and how they were freezing accounts and people were sending bitcoin uh so right now a lot of people are are sending trying to send funds over to the ukraine to to help fund the military which i don't know Dude, like, I don't know what that's like. Like, whenever whenever Russia invades Ukraine, like, what are they going to do? On, like, it, these bits. Do you feel that way? Huh? Do you feel that way? Feel like, what? Like, what's going on over there? Like, like yeah. Like I for, feel like we're so misinformed. I feel like it's so hard for us to gauge any of this stuff because it's like, obviously something terrible, you know? But... I want to believe that this isn't, you know, like a country that's really going to try to start a world war. I mean, if everybody tells them, Hey man, like, I don't know what kind of holy war you're fighting here, but you need to stop. Like we need to figure this out. And if it really is more like a Russia wants to be the USSR again, type thing. Uh, I mean, that's just- a video that I saw, um, dude, I don't, I don't know if you've seen any of the, the videos and pictures on Twitter. Dude. I've seen some, yeah, they're pretty I, I, think it's, I think it's almost our responsibility to, to see how horrible war mm-hmm. really is. I mean, for, for people like you and I, right, 24, 25, we haven't really, I mean, there, there's, there's been, there's been war in our lifetime, um, but I don't know that there's ever been something when we're like more conscious of what's going on in the world, because, you know, whenever you're nine or 10 or 11 or, or younger or whatever, you're not really like you, you might hear about things, but you don't really understand what that is. Right. But I mean, dude, at this point, like Russia started war in Ukraine, 
And there's like videos and pictures, dude. And it's horrible. It is so horrible. And I feel like it's, it's almost our, um, our responsibility to see how horrible that is, you know, because we, we think we got shit so sweet here, you know, we, and we do, we do have things super sweet here in the United States and, and we're almost disconnected from the world because it's just not, it's just so far away. Right. It's like, it's like everybody looks at, oh, they talk about storing things in the cloud. It's the cloud. And it's this like thing that's out there or whatever. Yeah. That's, there, that's, there's like physical databases that hold what the cloud is. Right. And just like, just like Ukraine, uh, what's happening in Ukraine, uh, these horrible events are taking place and it's like, oh, that's happening out there, dude. Like we can see it. You can see it like online. You can get online and see it, dude. It's horrible. But you said the USSR, there's a video uh, of of a tank cruising through. It's like on the highway and they've got like highway cameras and this tank's cruising through with a, with a red uh, USSR flag. It's like, oh man, this is not good. I have a thought for you just to make sure. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we go there. So uh, going back to Canada freezing accounts and people then starting to send Bitcoin uh, or people trying to send money through, you know, GoFundMe and all that kind of stuff. So I, I guess uh, I guess people were trying to send money through Patreon to the the Ukrainian uh, military to help them get like armor or what, whatever it was that they were trying to fund them with or for. Um, Patreon shut it down. They shut it down just like they were doing in Canada. To Canada. And uh, uh, so pa- Patreon is like a service where uh, a lot of like content pr- uh, producers, they'll use it and and you can like send them money and you get like, you know, it's like subscription type service and you get like special content and this and that, yada, whatever it is. Anyways, um, they, they froze it. They were like, yo, we're, we're not doing that. And guess what people are doing? Oh, sending it through Bitcoin. Yeah. Ukraine has the largest Bitcoin holdings of any country or nation state. It's, it's crazy, man. I mean um it, it, it's such a it's such a wild world that we're living in with with all this stuff going on and and the fact that um outside of bitcoin there's not really any real true sovereignty sovereignty you know everybody's subject to the regulation or subject to this and that you know and, and it has to be uh you know to use the term parliament you know like or, or the the government like whatever whatever your your structure is for the the control of of the people right the government uh if you're not aligned with them and their beliefs like you said earlier then they're not letting shit fly you know and that's like dude that that just ain't right you know like and another interesting part about bitcoin too is like we we want to look at all the good uh good that bitcoin can do um for us and for the good people in the world but because Bitcoin is decentralized and, and is, is not controlled by anyone or anything, um, it also helps your enemies, right? And that's, and that's true sovereignty. That's true decentralization, well, you know? Yeah. Well, also, I mean, so you're like Bitcoin's good and then Bitcoin can also fuel the bad, obviously, is kind of the, the statement. Um, that's just money, though. It's just, it's just money. Right. Well, it's, I mean, this war is economic, right? Like, you believe this war is ec- like because you know I've seen some things where it's Russia just has never wanted Ukraine to be its own country, kind of like China doesn't want people to recognize Taiwan. Um, I've seen a lot of economic arguments for why Russia is doing this now because we've had a presidential change and things are kind of 
you know, we haven't really been discussing a lot of, uh, I think in a lot of people's opinion out the right things for a while now, we've been discussing things that aren't really, you know, helping society, helping poor people, help, you know, increasing the quality of life for, for all. Uh, I don't think we've been doing that in America for ourselves for a while. So um, trying to make sure this gets back to the point. Uh, it's just that everything that's going on over there, like Russia, Ukraine, feels the good, feels the bad. I don't know. Uh, Bitcoin speaking, I feel like it isn't exactly neutral because don't you think there's like a future where you can recognize the transactions where they're coming from, things like that, so that you don't have Russia transacting with everybody? <laughs> I got uh, got Janae's brother walking around. He knew I was doing the podcast in here and they're uh, coming over to, to drop their pup off because they got a full day of basketball with the kids and then they're going to pick up a new puppy. And so they're coming by to drop off the puppy. Well, I, I locked the door so that the dogs could push the door open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, he walks, he walks in front of the, the window, just staring at me, walked this way and then came back. <laughs> and so, uh, well, here's a thought for, to kind of get it away from that, but to, I mean, still kind of around it. Economically speaking, I feel like one of the bigger problems is that since World War II, these are like the same countries, same group of seven, same big countries, same big economies, basically deciding war for the world. You, do you know, like, I mean, I, it's going on in Europe, but you have China, you have Russia, you have uh, the UK, NATO, United States um, going to war with the West, the Eastern versus Western world. Um, but what about small, like South American countries, this will affect what about African countries, this will affect. Uh, and I, I've always kind of thought the greatest thing about Bitcoin is it really serves a purpose of boosting the economies around the world. Because once you can truly involve every little part of the world with an internet connection, all of a sudden their economies will become more robust, their people's lives will become better because I mean, with a better economy becomes more technology comes more money comes smarter people who just becomes better society in general stronger economy you have think about if i'm i'm blanking on how many countries are in the world that we know there are a lot of countries in the world sure. and if more than seven of them decided the fate for the hundreds that there are don't you think like it would be a lot harder for russia to do this so i feel like the good of bitcoin speaking uh, it's going to give the world an opportunity to for every everybody, a farmer in uh, South Sudan, <laughs> like countryside, whatever, I, I don't know. And then somebody in uh, rural West Virginia, who if as long as he has an internet connection, now all of a sudden, it's easier for him to interact with the economy. And I mean, I think business just gets better. And it becomes harder to do war. I mean, war all of a sudden would not be about you know, really going to war like they are over there in Ukraine, it would definitely become more about digital uh, information warfare, which, you know, is detrimental, but it doesn't take physical lives. You know, I I don't know. I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I agree with you there. I think that, uh, I think that war should be uncivilized. I think it should be horrible. I think it, I think it should involve death uh, because, because if, if something is really worth fighting for, it should be worth sacrificing for. And, and I think, I think you kind of get, you get into muddy waters here. And, and this is, this is an interesting deal. You got to go look up some stuff on uh, Winston Churchill. He's, he's big on this stuff. Um, you know, if, 
if we can, uh, I mean, how, how much can you destroy someone's life through cyber attacks and, you know, cutting off electricity, all of those things, things, things that you're talking about where it's not, it's not destroying people per se. Um, it's destroying no. economies, right? Not it's, killing them with bombs and ammo and yeah, tanks and I don't know. I, I'm still trying to. That's all I'm saying. It's more physical for me. I'm saying in that sense, like you're not killing people. Like yeah. I understand. I think I understand what you're saying in the sense that I don't that, know. Like, I don't know uh, <laughs> these guys are funny. Um, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know that uh, the, the type of warfare you're talking about isn't killing people. I think it's it's uh, it's almost more of a slower death, you know. I mean, if you're if you're if you're starving an economy, I mean, what what does that really create for people? Well, I'm not saying that both aren't horrible. I'm just saying that, and with a with Bitcoin speaking, a more global economy speaking, more nations that have more power, more say so, more economic viability to contribute to the world, so more say so bigger GDPs, whatever you would like to say, um, more talent coming out of these countries. Um, and so you have a hundred countries with economies as big as, uh, or bigger than Russia's, you, you know, I mean, and we're talking capitalistic countries, not even socialist states like Russia. So it's, um, that's well, my, that's just my argument for the Bitcoin is being good. Bitcoin being bad in this scenario, like as bad as it might be that Russia really, the threat now of being kicked off a SWIFT system um, and still being able to distribute their oil everywhere um, in all of these countries now saying, oh, well, we've frozen their assets in this bank and we've frozen their assets here. Bro, nothing is stopping these people from secretly transacting on the Bitcoin network, quite honestly. I mean, the Bitcoin network doesn't exactly know. They know the address, but they don't know, you know, they know it might be a whale address, whatever. There's so many ways with Bitcoin to go around. Um, some of that like uh, KYC information. You can have a Bitcoin wallet. You can have your own node. This is the government. They have unlimited amount of money. So who's to say they don't have a ton of notes? And they're and they're and they're oh we banned Russia's uh, assets in the bank here and then transact on Bitcoin. Well, same thing can be said for all the donations that are going to Ukraine over the Bitcoin network. And my argument on the bigger picture is that I think Bitcoin does a good job of preventing a war like this from even starting because Russia is trying to take advantage of quite a few things. Um, one of them being obviously where we're standing in America and, you know, not being ready for this, it seems like, or, you know, is in some of the worst ideas like contributing to it in a way, because we went from being a country headed toward energy independence to now depending on Russia um, and having to deal with them over the last few years, which definitely stinks um but e e larger than that uh we we can become i don't know we can we can really like defeat war in the future just by um creating power within other countries you know i mean america if you've looked at any of these statistics i've looked up um you know who are the top oil producers who are the top wheat producers uh what do we trade with russia what do we trade with these other countries and it's pretty fascinating to see um russia's grip on like the oil market even though we're the largest producers of oil and we could be even bigger uh they give 48 percent of oil to uh all european countries because recently germany shut down all of their nuclear power plants 
so no longer have any sustainable energy for themselves and russia's like okay bet you know russia is commodity rich their economy is not very it's not as robust as it should be they're like the 11th largest country by gdp which means some states in america have a bigger economy than russia as a whole um but I think just what I'm saying moving forward is, yeah, there's some good, there's some bad with Bitcoin here. And obviously how, you know, a lot of these nation states, they might not openly be saying that they're using some of this technology, but they can, and they, they may, they may very well be. Um, And that's just kind of the nature of it. I mean, you can't really, you shouldn't be able to stop money. I think at the end of the day, Bitcoin's going to be way more for the good than the bad. Um, But you know, I think this is an opportunity for people to wake up. I mean, I think you need to see the bigger picture, even though it's an awful war that's going on right now. I think yeah, the goal I, is to have more of these. I want to clarify my uh, my statement I was saying earlier about warfare and whether it's dirty or, or not. Um, my thought here on this, and, and again, I haven't completely formulated it, um, but my thought is if if war has has horrible consequences that inherently forces us to fight for what really matters right is is what's happening right now in ukraine is this worth is it worth all the the horrible stuff that's going on right now i i i I don't know i don't i don't really know what i haven't done all i all i know is what i've seen uh on twitter and seen on the news and read in articles like I, i I don't know. And, and, and through other conversations that I've had with other people that are um, a little bit more in tune with uh, historical events and where we're at uh, politically. And, you know, I mean, dude, I don't know if, if all this, all this horrible stuff that's happening in the Ukraine right now is worth uh, what they're, what Russia is trying to fight for, you know, like they're, they're trying to go in and take over uh, uh, the Ukraine again so that they can, uh, so that they've got, you know, power and control over Ukraine uh, is that, I don't know if that's what, you well, know, my, my thought is, is knows, that, man, is who that, knows what their angle is. This guy's kind of nuts. Don't you think? I mean, like the leader of Russia is just nuts. I mean, at the end of the day, if he really, I mean, if, if he's really going for, I mean, he tries to take down Ukraine, that's kind of like the gate to the rest of Europe right now. And, uh, I, I mean, it's, I mean, it's nuts. Like, I, I don't know what he's doing and I don't know. Uh, honestly, I'm not your geopolitical human being uh g like (laughs) global economics macroeconomics is very interesting to me but politics is not so much interesting to me because if you've listened to this show at all you would know that i kind of believe everything starts and stops with just how sound money is and once you fix the money it's just really hard to do bad things once the money is pure and we do have this amazing advancement uh not just in technology but for humankind this is one of humankind's greatest advancements is we've we have a new way of transacting and uh, building an economy with Bitcoin. And it's like, it's going to change the world. Uh, People are starting to definitely wake up to it, but just saying, I I don't do Putin. Like as far as I knew before this, like, obviously like there's been collusions with our elections. We've messed with their elections. Uh, Trump, Biden, both of them have been uh, connected to Putin in some way, shape or form by both news medias. So who really like, who really knows like what our interactions are with them? Who really knows what we, what our hand is in this? Um, who really knows what Putin's going to do? I don't know. We don't really know the guy. We're not over in Eastern Europe. 
we're here in the United States where we've been fed. I mean, unless you are really diligent about where you get your information from, you don't really know what the hell's going on. And it's a problem in America that that's the case. But at the same time, we, I mean, like, Hey man, he really could be trying to start a world war. And, you know, for all we know, China could be completely lying right now and saying that they want Putin to stop. They could be like gearing up to do their own thing. You don't, we don't know. Because we've been. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the talk is the talk is that Russia invades Ukraine, and then whenever the time is right, if if nothing is done to stop Russia, that then China goes to take Taiwan because they've been they've been talking about that for a while too, and yeah, and, like, and Taiwan is is a Western Western society as far as is what their belief systems are. But I think something that's really important, and we had talked about it um, a while back. Um, but so your thoughts on um, on you know, globalized economies, uh, I think something that we've always got to keep in mind is that we don't, like you and I have very similar beliefs because we've grown up here in the United States, but, but other countries have, uh, have different belief systems. They've got different religions. They've got <clears throat> different core values, you know, and that, that, that changes things big time. You know I mean? I don't know. I, I don't, I, I haven't studied all that stuff in depth, you know, so I don't know what, um, what their thoughts are on Bitcoin. Like, you know, like people, people always like to talk about, I was, I was listening to some stuff the other day talking about, um, they were talking about banking the unbanked, right? And Canada, 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 Canadians, Canada um, is, is unbanking the banked, right? With seizing assets and all that stuff. And I was, I was watching a deal the other day and it was, uh, they were talking about, um, you know, the people that don't have banks, people that are in third world countries that, that are not developed, that don't have anything, they don't give a shit about Bitcoin. They don't. They couldn't do anything with it, anyways. Uh, again, because of the same issue that you and I can't quite do anything with our Bitcoin because the infrastructure is not here for us yet. It's not anywhere near close over there, right? People talking about oh, bank the unbanked. They don't. They don't care about Bitcoin. They're trying to figure out where a meal is coming from, right? Now, I don't. I don't know exactly what that. Uh, what that looks like. Not like that to El Salvador, though. People would have said that about El Salvador, and now El Salvador had a 10% GDP growth this past year after adopting Bitcoin. They're doing all kinds of good things and it's actually creating more robust economy in that country now. I will say it seems like there's a lot of influence in that situation by Americans. Um, and that's not a problem. What? Why do we as Americans, why do we seriously, why do, Nick, why when we have discussions about, okay, let's work our asses off in our 20s and then when we you know, make a lot of money, let's buy some properties, let's like kind of have like a few locations where we can go. But what would really stop us from going, okay, I'd love to be in El Salvador. It's beautiful. Food's good. People are nice. Beaches are pretty. What really stops us is all the, all the regulation, all the money that we would lose and just fees and whatever. It's just really hard. It's, it's, it is all that. Now with Bitcoin, what's stopping all these Americans who, you, you know, if you make over thirty like $35,000 a year in America, uh, you are in the top 1% of the world. One and the top one percent of America is four hundred thousand dollars. So our top one percent is ten times wealthier than like the average one percent of the world. Okay, so what is really stopping all of our wealth and economic influence from really spreading and globalizing? I mean, people would move. People would move. People are not. Uh, there's obviously people who want to stay home, but people would move. And what's really stopped them is they can't. They need to be able to participate and continue to make money. And Bitcoin gives them the ability to do that. So what, what's, what's the next country that adopts it? What's the next small country that starts growing their economy? What's the next country that take 
5 million Americans. Okay, well, they moved from California to Texas. Now the Texans are going to be pissed off. So the Texans are like, let's get out of here. Where can we go? And they go somewhere. What's stopping 5 million Americans from going to another country and going, yeah, so like we're, we're not like the heads of the country or anything, but our economic influence is going to be so powerful. We can really just go do this somewhere else. They don't need to be here anymore. And I think that is kind of my point. It, it's changed, we, Bitcoin has changed the game in that sense where it's like, you do not need a government anymore. People might not truly realize that right now, but all the government is doing is they're an intermediary for everything. And Bitcoin is taking them out. Bitcoin is an economy. We need to get back to our what is Bitcoin series. Bitcoin is a government. Bitcoin is a ruling body. Bitcoin is an autonomous bank. So I just think that in that process, I mean, and I don't know if you're fully with me here on all of these, all of these thoughts, but I just think that there's nothing stopping from really small countries and really small economies from flourishing because in El Salvador, it is a great case study. And Bitcoin hasn't exactly just skyrocketed, but Bitcoin is still better for them than the US dollar and the Western Union and the way that they were doing money before. Now it's like, you know, just screw you guys. We have our own economy. We're good. We have, we're doing our own thing and they're having natural growth because of it. Um, it's, you, you can't have somebody adopt Bitcoin like their president has. <clears throat> and he, the people think he's like a dictator or the worst person in the world. And, and I don't really know like everything about the guy, but I do know if you're a politician that is willing to make Bitcoin legal tender in your country with no taxes, I, I don't think that you either don't realize uh, Bitcoin's like really just going to take over your job. Or you know that and you're like, that's, that's the point. I'm, a, I'm supposed to be a public servant here. You know, you don't really know where he falls, but I do know what Bitcoin does. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know that, uh, that Bitcoin is, you know, th- this, is, this would be like saying that gold, gold is, uh, gold is our government now. I, I, don't, I don't know that. Uh, how? How, is that even, how does that even make sense? How would gold be our government? Bitcoin has a mining system. Bitcoin has a proof of work network. Bitcoin has is yeah, an economy. I don't, I don't know. Gold I don't is not that. Bitcoin. Gold is just a gold Bitcoin is a is gold to. is a shiny rock. Yeah. It doesn't. Of course, you can't start a government with gold. Exactly, and that, and I'm and I'm using that same line of logic toward Bitcoin with Bitcoin. Wow. As well. I, but Bitcoin's not just gold. I believe I believe that uh, that we are we are not animals, right? And think think about animals, and then think about God. Animals uh, always always go toward their immediate instinct, right? As far as uh, I like to call them gut animals, right? Got to eat, got to get water, got to sleep, got to have somewhere to, you know, be safe, right? That that's on, that's on one end of the spectrum, right? Is immediate gratification. I've got to immediately find the, whatever thing that meets that need. On the other hand, uh, and they don't have, they don't have conscious, right? There, there's not like a moral being of an animal. Uh, God, on the opposite hand, is completely perfect, is completely uh, moral, right, is always does things perfect. I, I also don't believe that we're on that end of the spectrum, right, because we, we do do things that are wrong. We do do things that are bad, right? I think we're somewhere in the middle, right? We've got immediate, in, uh, immediate needs that we have to meet, but we've also got a moral conscience to know between right and wrong. And if that is true, then that means that we are faced every single day with countless decisions of do we go left or do we go right, right? Do we do the right thing or do we do the wrong thing? And uh, if that is going to be true into perpetuity, which I believe that it is, we have to have some type of 
we have to have some type of call it law that says, hey, if you do this, that's not good. We have to disincentivize doing that and we have to punish it somehow or another. And I don't know that I don't think that Bitcoin can do that. I think Bitcoin is sound money, but I don't think Bitcoin is government. Why do you need somebody to go? This is bad. Well, if uh, if I were to murder your family, is that is that good or bad? It's bad. Well, what does the government what does the government have to do with that? They 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 enact laws. They they enforce laws. Okay. If, so, if, if you and I get together and we've got a small community, right? If you and I have have, have got a small community, and uh, and we're all pitching in, doing pulling our weight, helping everybody. Let's call it a hundred people, and somebody kills somebody. What what do we do? You put that person in jail. Jails are already privately owned. Why would why would a government need be needed? Our private community to do that kind of work. You're going too far. So before that point, why why did I don't, we decide, I don't think I'm we, going too far though? No. Why did we decide that killing somebody was bad? How did we decide that? What about what about somebody? What if what if I was selling you something and I told you it was one thing, but it was really another? Is that right or is that wrong? Okay, but but to the point because you're the one that's getting too far off topic here. To the point of what I'm saying about the fact that Bitcoin can be the government and Bitcoin can be the entire economy. People decide. People decide these things. You're you're making the point for me. People okay, so do decide people these things. Decide. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. People always decide what really happens now. How now in a 350 million person country that we're in now? Who is really making the rules? Where is all the power now shifted? I mean, America is the freedom concept, right? 200 years, whatever, 1776 to now, whatever you, whatever. Where are we at now? Do, do the I mean, there's a very small group of people that pretty much decide everything that goes on in this country. Um, and most of that is because we have allowed our government to get way too big and they have way too much power and we give them way too much money and we have given them way too much influence. And so what I'm saying is that Bitcoin privatizes the world because it just gives you the ability to do that while also transacting seamlessly. So it just it gets rid of the friction in between all of that kind of stuff. You know, that's where the government lies is the friction. The government is supposed to be that. I think the government is supposed to be that WD-40 that just helps people do things while also, okay, let's organize a military. Let's do some of these things, which I'm not saying, you know, I don't really, I feel like the world could be demilitarized. That would be great. Bitcoin, so Bitcoin will do that then. Bitcoin will organize the military? Negative. So Bitcoin, (laughs) thank you, Nick. So Bitcoin, yes, in a sense, once you take the money power away from the government and you take the taxes away from the government, you and I would eventually go, let's just say it was a small community and bring it back to your example. And there were some people doing some bad things in our small 10,000 person town. Okay, but in our small 10,000 person town, as long as our town can economically interact with other towns, right, and make money and export and import and have an economy, we would have enough money to then hire somebody within our 10,000 person community to be a police force, which is kind of what already happens. I mean, in a sense, you know, you don't want to be. Okay, in so a then, so then what, what, what laws do they enforce? What do they enforce? I mean, what I, the laws that this community wants? I mean, like, what, well, how do you what, decide, what, why would, decide on the laws? 
you can have a small, but in this, in this situation with a 10,000 person community that I guess that we're describing, it's a lot easier to kind of set the rules of your society when it's not 350 million people and just a small group of people. So, 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 10,000 10, uh, people, you know, community. So at this point, how, right how, how do we, how do we decide on laws? Well, I mean, I feel like a lot of our federal government <clears throat> obviously has a lot of our laws, but we have local government that decides things for us. We have state governments that decide things the for us. So America doesn't exactly have a failed concept here. I do think that there are things about our democracy that work, but the monetary influence that our government has over the Federal Reserve in the, like, just the kind of the, I don't know, the, the hand I, I, I agree. I agree with what's going on. So what I'm saying is that Bitcoin kind of just gets in with like it, it de-intermediates both of them, not just the Fed, but also the government, because people are going to decide the laws anyway. Do we really, I mean, and this goes to, to maybe where we disagree slightly, we don't need much more, quite honestly, than a constitution. That's pretty much all we need. And then local governments, like I'm saying, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Sacramento, California, local governments can then decide what they would like to do. And the, you know, the more affluent people within those communities will make decisions for their communities. But I do believe that people with more of a, like nobody now, nobody now, right? Like goes, okay, I live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let me make a fuck ton of money for Tulsa, Oklahoma. And then I'd love to be the governor because I can help because I can do things that I want to do, but I can grow this. I can grow our community. They don't want to do that because you get become an elected official one you there you can't really do anything like you're not there's nothing for you to do uh because local governments don't have enough power over their local jurisdictions and two you know you realize it's just such a political game you get you get run out and so i think the thing about bitcoin is that it takes the power away from the federal government gives a ton of power to local governments and local governments are really what you know what we would have always had a stronger local government aspect in this country if it weren't for money being the way that it has been for thousands of years, right? But now we don't, we don't have to do that anymore. We have another, all I'm saying is we do now have another option where we can give the power back to the people because just because at the end of the day, it's all about how you transact value over time. You have a private police force. That private police force is going to want to get paid. They're going to want to know that their money is good. That's it. They're going to want to know that the effort that they put into this job holds over time. The value of their time and their money is just money. That their money is going to be solid. That they're going to have that they can when they are 65 that they can retire because they have sound money. And I think that's really that's all I'm talking about is that Bitcoin just gives the world, but in this example, it gives local governments in America the ability to have power over their people. And I think that's good because you tell me, does the federal government understand uh, the inner city of Chicago better than the leaders of the inner city of Chicago? But should the federal government be legislating uh, federal policy for five cities? No, every local government knows probably what's best for each local government. And the more power you give to them, the better leaders you'll get out of that community because then it's not about taking the power in America. It's about taking your power in your city. And I don't think there's anything wrong with ruling a city. I think there's something wrong with ruling like 
nations, but like, you know, there's, if there's a hundred thousand people and there's 10 of them that are just the leaders of this society for a hundred thousand people, I mean, like I'm, that might be the line I, or something I draw or a million, but if there's 10 people that every believe in a million, that's like, that ratio is fine. It's the ratio we have now that I have a problem with. seems like 350 million. I mean, what there's house Senate executive federal reserve, the leaders within there, there's a few hundreds that make decisions for the few hundred million right now. Whereas with Bitcoin, it gives you the chance to have a much better ratio of power to people. And that's, that's just kind of my thought, just to like, I think I rounded it out there kind of well. Yeah, I think uh, you hit on a piece uh, a second ago that I think would be good to dive into a little bit further. But the idea that the, the Federal Reserve they're they're the the entity that is setting the value of our currency right they set the value and there's there's obviously multiple tools that they use to do that uh, but the major one that we're seeing a flaw in right now is their ability to print money right uh and their ability to um set uh well i don't want to say set prices um it's time theft right i mean like at the end of the day they print this money and they're stealing time from all of us you know the the market the market should set values the market should find equilibrium prices and right now we're not seeing that so let me let me give you a kind of a quick overview of, of some of the stuff that I've been reading um, so back in World War uh, I don't know if I can't remember if it was if it was just after World War one or if it was right in the middle of World War one or right before World War one uh, but either way the United States had issues funding World War one we didn't have enough money. Um, and they had they had frozen the dollar's redeemability for gold, and they printed a bunch of money to pay for the war. So then, what what they did? The, the government tried to hide that they did this, and they set price ceilings to where now people people still had people people for the most part had just dollars, right? Because they were storing their gold in banks. Some people still had gold. That people still had gold. It was in open in the open market, but the government had a lot of the gold. They printed their money to pay for, for, the, for the war, but then to hide that they had printed money and devalued everybody's money, they set price ceilings. And now, so, so let's look at a very simple example. Um, in economic classes, they always talk about making widgets, right? So imagine you're making widgets and the price ceiling for those is $5 a widget. $5, that's maximum price. But now because of the money uh, that has been printed, we actually have to expend $10 in wages, in uh, you know, overhead expenses for our factory, in costs for our raw material. It's $5 or $10 total to actually make and produce one widget, but we can only sell it for a max of five. How long is your business going to last? Not long, right? And so what ended up happening was they had to, they had to downsize, they had to fire people, they had to get rid of factories. And because of all that happening, uh, everything, everything tanked. And you know what it led the country right into? Great Depression. So that was World War I. Led, led the country right into the Great Depression. That's what happened. Uh, I mean, that, that's, that's not good, right? Because th then the government is coming in and intervening and saying, oh, this is the price. This is that. The, they didn't let the market find equilibrium, right? And that's that we we're running into an issue right now, I think, with that, because we, we've got to have again, money's got to be sound. Right. This is what this is what Bitcoin is. Money has got to be sound. We can't have easy money out in circulation because 
if it if it is profitable for for people to go out and produce more of that money, they will because people do uh, do succumb to the greed that is inside of them. People will do that. Not everybody, but people will. Right. Same with gold. If gold shoots up double the price, people are going to expend more capital to mining more gold because it's more profitable for them. Right. And and that is the same with any other type of money. If if the people that have the power, the people at the top that own all of the assets that appreciate in times of inflation, if they have the power to print more dollars and go out and fund this and fund that, do what they want to do, right? Uh, they will do that because it's profitable for them. And, it, and they do it at the expense of the have-nots. And I don't believe that that is right. And I know that you, you also agree with me on this. Um, Dude, that's not wrong, or that's not right. I believe that the market should find an equilibrium price. They should find equilibrium values for for everything that we're doing. And uh, if if we if we have to inherently operate with a very high time preference, and this is going to be a good episode, the the money and time preference episode. Um, but if we have to inherently operate uh, with a high time preference, meaning that we prioritize today much more than we do the future. That is going to lead to issues because we make short-minded decisions. We make short-minded decisions. It's going to lead to short-minded results, and it's eventually going to lead into long-term issues, and that's what we're seeing right now. I mean, you know, I, I don't want to say that a couple of years is long-term, I mean, but we're already seeing the effects of, of the, the Fed printing money uh, during COVID times, right? I mean, look at, I posted it on our Twitter uh, yesterday, the... Uh, what the what the fuck happened in in 1971.com uh, i posted that link and i was like if you haven't ever seen this you got to check it out it's it's worth familiarizing yourself with it but dude i mean 1971 we officially go completely off of the gold standard right i, I talked a little bit about in in the in world war 1 when when we started tampering with gold's redeemability with the dollar fdr did some stuff where they started seizing people's gold and taking the gold and now there was you know lot less gold in the economy there's probably still tons of gold out there that people just weren't sending in um but uh you know they start tampering with the with gold's redeemability with the dollar and then 1971 we officially go completely off the gold standard the dollar is just backed on the good faith and credit of the united states government and you ought to see some of these charts it ain't good it's not good because that money our money at that time then became easy money interesting fact for you Government money, fiat money, it never started in any instance in the entire world, entire entire history. Fiat money never started as fiat money. It always started as money that was backed by something else and then removed the backing and then became what is now fiat money, which is interesting, right? It, it, it's it's the bait and switch. Oh, we're, it, it, you know, and, and I will say, uh, if you're going to use gold as money as your backing, that is, it's inefficient to move around. How many, how many, how many, you know, gold bars do you got to keep around in your pockets to pay for this and that and this and that? Obviously, it's not going to be a ton of gold bars, right? We know gold has value um, as far as a, a money, right, a monetary good. Um, but the the dollars did provide a, a great service because it made it more efficient. Oh, I can use my dollars to make smaller transactions and bigger transactions. Good deal, right? But then the government says, ah. Uh, I think we're going to pull this backing because we need to pay for some stuff over here. And we don't have enough gold to back for that. We're just going to pull the backing off of this, print some money and pay for this and pay for that and pay for this. And, and I love using the example of the pizza, right? 
if we've got a 24 inch pizza and you and I are going to share this thing and we cut it up into, uh, into, I don't know, six or eight slices and we each pull a slice out and we say, okay, I got my slice of pizza here. I like this slice of pizza. It's a good, it's a, it's a good enough size for me to have one or two slices of pizza. Right. Well, what happens if, if you and I are, are sitting there and, uh, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be a little greedy here. I want more. I want some more pizza. I want more slices. I'm going to cut this thing up into a hundred slices. And I, and I give you one slice and I take, I take more slices for myself. Well, you've still got one slice of pizza, right? Either way, whether it's cut into a hundred slices or two slices or six, you still got one slice, right? $1 is $1, but we know that the buying power of $1 a year from now is not going to be the same as it is today in the same, in the same way that your one slice of one one hundredth of that pizza is not the same as one sixth of that pizza, right? And that's what the government is doing, dog. They're printing money. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir. I know you know this. I'm really talking to the listeners here, right? Uh, but dude, that's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're printing this money. And, and the worst part is, is that we don't know it. We don't know it. And, and here's another piece that's really powerful, right? If you've got $100 today in a bank account, just call it a checking account. You got $100 in your bank account right now. A year from now, you and I both know, and and hopefully the listeners at this point know, that's not going to buy you the same goods and services a year from now or 10 years from now that it would today. It will not because of inflation, because the increased supply of money over time, right? But here's where the deception comes in, and this is where it gets real nasty, is that a year or 10 or 20 years from now, if you look at your bank account, it'll still say $100, Right. Your one slice is still one slice, but it's now one one hundredth of one of one pizza versus one sixth. And that yeah. is not good. And that's that that then goes into the, you know, kind of referring back to the store of value episode that we did a while back. Um, do that, that that goes for the store of value, right? The fixed supply of Bitcoin. It can't be tampered with. We need to get to. Uh, well, we probably need to wrap it up here, but. That was a good way to probably end it. That was a good little uh, rant. I don't know, however you want to say it. I liked what you just had to say. So I feel like we should wrap it up there. But um, it is uh, always fun to get it on here and talking about what's going on. I mean, like this was just kind of an episode where me and Nick wanted to get on here and just talk about it. We didn't really have anything we necessarily wanted to talk about. The world's a little bit crazy now to be planning a specific podcast. But do appreciate everybody who's listening. We're growing slowly um but we're enjoying it and we're learning I mean like Nick I know you say all the time when you start talking about stuff you're like oh you probably already know this and I'm like no sometimes I don't actually and I'm just like I and it's good to hear it from you because you know so many things that I don't know um and that's important you're supposed to learn every single day so we're learning with you guys uh I think Nick is trying to direct us to the to the Twitter so I'll let him close it out (laughs) but I appreciate the listens yeah, thank you guys for listening. Come hit us on Twitter. We love to talk with people. Um, we uh, we are on Twitter at Nick and Griff Show. Um, come check us out. We try to post some fun content, and uh, we are the D- the DMs are always open to have conversations. If you guys are not watching on YouTube, we do post all of our content on YouTube. That is the Nick and Griff Show on YouTube. We've got uh, all of our episodes up there. Um, So go check us out there. Um, Again, appreciate you guys listening to another episode of the Nick and Griff Show, and we will see you next time.